thank you for listening to Ingram Law. As always, we appreciate you being a guest. Tonight, our podcast will be on some quick tips for taking or sitting for a deposition. Um, After 20 years of practice, I have developed an outline that I always give my clients before they take a deposition or sit for deposition. And this is a good rule of thumb. I thought I would pass it along to you. If you find yourself in a divorce and are about to sit for a deposition, this may be helpful. I also use this for my worker comp clients that are injured, that are going to be deposed by the company attorney. And so we will talk a little bit about that tonight. So the following guidelines constitute my advice to you on your legal obligations in the conduct of a deposition and my impression and opinion of the most appropriate course of action for you in any deposition. First of all, tell the truth. That should go without saying. It is a rule of self-preservation for witnesses. The examining counsel, meaning the other party, is supporting himself on his professional ability. This includes the ability to make a witness who is playing fast and loose with the truth very uncomfortable. If the witness, you, is discredited, even on a small part of the testimony, the company may lose an essential and credible witness to state its case. So first and foremost, always tell the truth. Second, think before you speak. You should allow a pause before answering the question. This allows me, as your counsel, the opportunity to formulate objections and further allows you to think through whatever your answer is going to be. So just don't rush out and try to answer the question. Next, answer the question. The examiner is entitled to answer to the question which he asked and only to that question. Do not offer any more information other than what is asked. Next, do not volunteer information. You are not there to educate the lawyer. Next, do not answer a question you do not understand. It is up to the examiner or the lawyer to frame an intelligible question. If he or she cannot do so, do not help them. Do not explain to the examiner that the question is incomprehensible because he has misunderstood words of art in your business, trade, or science. Do not help the examiner or the lawyer by saying, do you mean X or do you mean Y? because you will be asked both questions under oath. Next, dictate your answer to the reporter. 
the end product of your deposition is a typed transcript of the questions and answers. Imagine, if you will, you are answering the question by dictating to a stenographer. They ask a question, you answer the question. Do not engage in conversational give and take with the examiner or the lawyer of the opposing counsel. We do not care if he or she likes you. It's irrelevant. He or she will ask questions. You are there to answer the question. Do not try to convince the examiner. He or she is paid to advocate for his client's position. He cannot be convinced by you. Next, you only know what you have heard or seen. Questions are often phrased, do you know? A question on a deposition may legitimately call for something you do not know, but it must be so phrased. There is a difference between a question which states, do you know? And a question which states, whether you have any information bearing on a particular subject. Next, do not guess. If you do not know or cannot recall something, say so. It's okay to say, I don't know. I don't recall. It was three years ago. That's the answer to a question. This rule becomes more important and more difficult to follow when the examiner is scoring points or making it appear to you that only an idiot does not know the answer to the question. Do not guess. Be as specific or as vague as your memory allows, but do not put yourself in a contrary position for a recollection of the truth. If you are asked when something occurred and you remember that it occurred on January the 15th, state on January the 15th. If on the other hand, you can't recall the exact date, state the approximate date. <clears throat> Do not explain your thought process as to how you reached the answer to a question. In answering a question in which your answer depends on your recollection of other facts not called for by the question, do not refer to these other facts in explaining how you answer the question. In other words, if you are asked when a conversation with Jones occurred and you recall that it had, that it had to be in December, because you met Smith after Jones, and that was in January, do not explain this process to the examiner. In testifying on conversations, make it clear whether you are paraphrasing or quoting directly. That's imperative. In answering questions calling for a complicated series of events, or extensive conversations, 
summarize those where possible. The examiner or the lawyer for the other side, if he or she is doing his job properly, will ask for all of the details. It is always possible, however, that the examiner, the lawyer, will accept your summary, and this is so much better in the end for you. <clears throat> Next relevant point. Never characterize your own testimony. Never say, in all candor. Never say, honestly. Never say, I'm doing my best that I can do. These three phrases are not helpful because you are there to be candid. You are there to be honest. And you are there to be doing your best to tell the truth. Next, avoid all adjectives or superlatives, such as I never or I always. These phrases have a way of coming back to haunt you. So, so try to avoid these phrases in a deposition. Do not testify as to your state of mind unless you are specifically asked. In other words, if the question is, did you read that document? The answer is yes, not yes, and I believe every word of it. The question is, did you read the document? Yes. Next, if information is in a document, which is in the exhibit, ask to see the document unless you are very certain of your answer. Sometimes the opposing counsel will give my client a document and say, have you read this? Look over it, examine it before you answer the question. Next, do not let the examiner or the lawyer put words in your mouth. Do not accept his characterization of time, distances, personalities, events, or etc. Rephrase the question into a sentence of your own using your own words. Next, do not answer a compound question unless you are certain that you have all parts of it in your mind. If it is too complex to be held in your mind, it is too complex and ambiguous to answer. I had this happen this week in court. The opposing counsel asked my client a compound question while she was on the stand. Obviously, I objected. Obviously, she stepped in and said, can you rephrase the question? Guess what? He forgot the question he asked because it asked about four questions in one. Next. Pay particular attention to the introductory clauses preceding the guts of a question. Leading questions are often preceded by statements which are either half true or contain facts which you do not know to be true. 
do not have the examiner put you in a position of adopting these half-truths or unknown facts on which will he use as the basis of his question. Use all recesses to follow me to a place where we can confer in private. Never presume in a conference room when you are being deposed. It is not on the record. If you say, I need to speak to my lawyer, or I need a recess, or I need to confer with my lawyer, tell me so, we will step out, and that conversation will be off the record. If you are interrupted, let the lawyer finish his interruption and then firmly but courteously state that you were interrupted, that you had not finished your prior answer to the previous question, and then answer that question. Do not ever get in an argument with opposing counsel. If you are caught in an inconsistency, do not panic, do not collapse. What will happen next will depend upon what questions are asked of you. State, if you can, what your present recollection is. State the reason for the inconsistency only if you are asked. Rehabilitation is done at trial by me, and we will have an opportunity to rehabilitate your testimony. Do not adopt the lawyer's summary of your prior testimony. If you are finished with your answer and the answer is complete and truthful, remain quiet and do not expand upon it. Do not add to your answer because the examiner, the lawyer, looks at you expectantly. If the lawyer asks you if this is all you recollect, say yes, if that is the case. Do not agree, do not agree to supply any information or documents requested by the examiner. If reference is made to documents or information, the request is made to counsel, meaning me. I, as your lawyer, will either answer the request or will take the request under advisement. Never let a lawyer say, will you provide me these documents in five days? Be quiet. Let me say, we'll take it under advisement or let me confer with my client. If an objection is phrased to the question, listen to the objection very carefully. You may learn something about the question and how it should be handled from the objection. Never, never express anger or argue with the examiner, the lawyer for the other side. If a deposition is, is to become unpleasant, that is what your counsel gets paid for. That is what my job is. That is my role. Do not expect to testify without the other side scoring some points. If the other side appears to you to be asking you questions which call for answers, 
that do not help your case except the fact that every lawsuit has two sides. Sit back and take your punishment. Avoid the temptation to guess, expand, or answer where the expansion expansion is not called for, even in the worst case scenario. This is very important. And people do this because they're nervous in a deposition, and I get it. Avoid any attempt at trying to be funny. This is a serious process. This is not a time to make jokes or wisecracks. Avoid even the mildest obscenity and avoid absolutely any ethnic or racial slurs, which could be considered derogatory to your case. I'll say this one more time. There is no such thing as being off the record. If you have a conversation in the conference room with anybody in the deposition, be prepared for questions on that conversation. If you do not understand, say, I need to take a break. I need to speak to my counsel privately. Can we take a recess? We do those all the time. If the examiner, the lawyer for the other side, appears totally confused about your business trade and its technical aspects, do not attempt to educate them. That's not your role. You're there just to answer questions, not to help them. Again, if you do not remember something, state that. I do not recall. I do not remember. That's a a truthful answer. You may then be asked if a statement or document refreshes your recollection. If it does, say it does. Yes, I remember seeing this. If it does not, the answer remains that you do not remember or you do not recall. You may be asked whether there exists a document which may help you refresh your recollection. If it does, say so. If it does, say, I don't recall. There may be numerous documents marked at a deposition as exhibits. If you are asked about a document, read it before testifying to it. Do not make any comments whatsoever about the document except in an answer to the question that elicits your testimony. If the other side prevents you with an email, let's both read it together before you answer it. If you are hit with a flash of insight or recollection while testifying, and this has not been previously discussed with me as your counsel, hold this to yourself if possible until you and I have had an opportunity to go over it and discuss it. This makes mistakes on a deposition. It's human nature. You don't do this every day. I do this all the time. It's what I get paid to do. Do not become upset if you find yourself, if you've made a mistake. Let me know. Let's take a recess and let's talk about the mistake. It may be one that we can clarify on the record. Again, these are just some common 
general tips over my 20 years of practicing as an attorney. If you find yourself uh, being subpoenaed for a deposition and you need counsel, we are here to help you. Again, our website is joeingramlaw.com. Again, joeingramlaw.com. Our phone number is 205-335-2640. As always, as we say, take care of yourself and each other and have a good night. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.